belly and the fish. Belly, belly and the fish. Welcome, friends, to Belly and the Fish. I'm your host, Corbin, a.k.a. The Fish, and we got big old Ben Belly Smokes Hunter. What's shaking, birthday boy? Ah, Happy birthday. Ah, Thanks, guys. Happy birthday, Corb. I'm dedicated to the game. What can I say? I think without Facebook, I wouldn't remember anything, but, you know, does its job. (laughs) No, that's what it's there for, man. That's all I use it for is remembering birthdays. That's fine with me. Remembering birthdays and invites. Yep. Oh, yeah. Definitely a big party invite. And you're probably wondering who these two mystery voices are. We've got James and Steve DeWitt, our two twin Vikings fans, joining us today. Welcome, guys. Yeah, thank you for having us. Very excited. Avid listener of the pod ever since week one, so happy to be here. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, it's about time we got a an opposition guest on with us, and this time we get double trouble. It could have been really good or really bad, but for me, it's looking really good at this point, so... <laughs> Normally, I'm just going to combat against Ben, but if it would have been three on one, I really would have been outnumbered here. So I'm pretty pumped about the outcome. It was a good pre-birthday gift for me. And what can I say? It was a hell of a game, boys. Steve, you were there. How was it? Yeah, I was there. And, you know, it was it was really fun. I went there with a bunch of the boys. You know, um, you had them on. I, had, I went with Isaac, you know, Tori, uh, Sleva. I've been to Ford Field several times throughout my life for Vikings games, and I have never experienced Ford Field like yesterday. It was loud as fuck. Every time the Vikings had the ball, if it was third down, you know, they you couldn't hear a thing. It was it was pretty electric there. It was pretty fun. Yeah, I'd only been to a few at Ford Field just living in Chicago the past few years. But when I went to the Seahawks game, it was the loudest I ever seen. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. And I went last year, week 18 against the Packers. And that's when it was pretty much for nothing. So no big deal. But then when I was there for Thanksgiving, the Bills and Lions, it was like a 50-50 split. So I was still kind of like, oh, this is, you know, you got 50% of the people who are just quiet as hell, all these Bills fans that travel so well. So I can imagine, you know, just with the, I guess, the importance of that game, how loud it was going to be and, I mean, they yeah. had a standing room only, so I imagine it was just rocking over there. I'm jealous. It was rocking. Uh, Tori and Isaac got the entire section to just, like, chant fuck Steve. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, Vegas, Vegas knew something that we all – I don't know. I, I didn't see coming. So they knew the Vikings were in for a world of hurt against the Lions at home, and it uh, it did not turn out in our favor. For the opening line, it was Lions plus two and a half. When I first checked, I think it was on Sunday, like right after the games. And then I saw it move to Lions minus one. And we closed at Lions minus two and a half. So that's a lot of movement. That's not just like a bunch of Lions fans were like, oh, time to bet the Lions. Like there's some serious money moving that line there. So that is insane. I think even when we did the show last week, it was just uh, Lions minus one. So a point and a half in the matter of what five days. That's crazy to me. So, but the lions did end up duking this one out 34 to 23 split with the Vikings this year. You know, it was a hell of a game. And I just wanted to kind of talk to you guys because I mean, you face the lions two times now. I'm sure that, you know, if you have those market games, you've watched them as well. So I want to kind of get your opinion since I know that I'm biased and, you know, always hopeful <laughs> that the lions are going, <laughs> 
What? You think well, I know that I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get an outsider's perspective on how you guys feel that this season has been going for the Lions and really under uh, under Dan Campbell's regime. Yeah, I can go first. Um, watch all hard knocks and like, I don't know how you can watch that show and and not want to run through a brick wall for that dude. Like he cares so much about his players and really leaves it all in the field, whether he makes some of those mental coaching errors that we've all seen him do this year. Um, but it seems like he's really turning the corner as a coach. And like, if I was a Lions fan, I would love him as a coach. He's fired up. He cares. He knows what's going on. I mean, the five and one speaks for itself. Just how the Vikings are 10 and three. Like you don't luck yourself into go winning five games, like going five and one in the six game stretch. Like that shows commitment from his players and, and that something's going right in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a fireball. Same thing. Uh, I just think that he initially had so many mental errors. Every, it seemed like every post-game press conference was, you know, this game's on me. I, I, I'm taking this the hardest. You know, I'm the reason we lost. And now it's seeming to be less of that. Honestly, the Lions are probably one of the scariest teams in the NFL right now. I absolutely do not want to play the Lions if they somehow sneak in get to the seven seed and we maintain the two seed i do not want to play the lions like they are probably one of the them and the eagles i don't want to see i mean i've said it before and the lions are the hottest team in the nfl they keep it going we are five and one since november close loss to the bills i mean even when we played the vikings the uh you know in week three it was that close and that might have been the press conference that you're alluding to steve is you know, oh, Campbell yeah. did kind of put that on his shoulders and say that decision to kick the field goal was on him. But a lot of people were coming for his neck after that game. And I just didn't really see it because hindsight's twenty twenty. You make that field goal, you know, you're putting yourself in the position to win that game. They missed, obviously. And the Vikings just drive down the field with a minute left. And when it comes down to it, I think that any coach who takes the blame, yeah, sure, a coach is not going to be perfect 100% of the time. But when it comes down to it, it's up to his players to execute the game plan. And, you know, Campbell has kind of shouldered the blame for a lot of that. And that's what coaches do. And, you know, he doesn't want it to get in his young guy's head and start to blame themselves. So he takes the blame on himself. And that's kind of what I feel like he's been doing when we have had those losses. He's always going to be critiqued for, you know, for one little decision. He's an aggressive guy and he's not going to apologize for it. You know, sometimes it's going to bite you in the ass, but then you have a game like how we did yesterday with a fake punt on the 20, 30 yard line and we execute. So, I mean, you live and die by those decisions. If it goes the other way, everyone would be calling for his head. You know, if they got stopped, Vikings go and score a touchdown. They're going to blame Dan Campbell for that. So. Yeah. That fake punt ruins me. I, I think that was the turning point of the game right then. He was like, okay, Campbell is, he wants to win this game and he's, he's planning to do it right now. Cause I don't, I didn't see that coming. I don't know how the Vikings didn't see it coming. Um, apparently they like did a huddle and I was listening to a Vikings podcast and they're like, if the punt team is huddling, you should know something's up and they didn't see it coming and Lions capitalized. I'm actually starting to believe that this team can make the playoffs. I've said it before that the schedule opens up and I should probably take a look back and see what my bye week predictions were, but I think I'm still pretty spot on at this point. As it sits right now, the Lions have a 21% chance to make the playoffs. And next week, if the Lions, 49ers, and Commanders win, their chances go up to 50%. Now, I, I know a lot of things kind of have to fall our way, and realistically, we could win out and still miss out on the playoffs. But as of right now, 
I like our chances. And I know when this could be just the longest con of all time, because whenever I get my hopes up, my dreams just get crushed and shattered right in front of me. And so I could absolutely see that out. The lions just finish 10 and seven and miss out on the playoffs. That's probably what's going to happen. What do you guys think? Starting off the season, going one and six, and now being in the conversation to almost having a 50% chance to get into the playoffs is unreal. I think what's going to happen is they're going to win out or they're going to win all their games and then they'll play Green Bay week 18 and Green Bay will just be the knife that just like kills you just because Aaron Rodgers. Is that Lambo? Yeah, it is. Fuck you, James. I don't want to hear that. Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to the game that's... too and I know that that's a very real possibility. You're going to the game in Lambo? Yeah. January 8th or 9th. They might flex it to Saturday or Sunday, depending on when. But yeah, I'm going with a Packers fan and another Lions fan. And I wanted to just be miserable, you know, and get that full Green Bay experience. I just hope it's a blizzard. I hope it's just ground and pound football and Jamal Williams goes off for 200 yards on 40 carries. It's going to be cold. Oh, yeah. No, I'm excited for it. I mean, we'll see. I'm sure I'll get my heart ripped out. I got to start to temper my expectations now because I will be hurt. It's inevitable. I always do. But at the same time, it's I've always kind of had a soft spot for the Vikings just because in a way I feel like we are in the same boat, you know, just those heartbreaking losses. You know, it looks like you have a promising team and then something comes up where it just kind of rips it right out from under you. So I mean, the Vikings, obviously, this year, second place in the NFC at 10 and three. But there is a lot of reports going around in the media that the the Vikings have overperformed. And kind of the one thing that sticks out is that point differential sitting 10 and three. But on the season, they have a minus one point differential. And that's pretty much because of the blowout losses that they have had close games, one score games through the rest. But I'm wondering, like, what's kind of your thoughts on the Vikings this year? Are they for real contenders, or do you think they're a little bit frauds like how they have been in the past? I think the whole NFL is kind of wild this year. I don't feel like I've been able to predict anything that's been happening. The commanders are in the playoff race. Like, what the fuck's going on? Especially in the yeah, NFC, it's, it's been weird. Yeah, it's wide open. So it's like, oh, this is your chance. Like, you can get to the Super Bowl this year. Anything can go on in the playoffs. Yeah, like the term contenders is like a, a hard one for me because like, yeah, they absolutely can contend if like if they want to, but only one team is happy at the end of the season. So Vikings can absolutely contend, but they have so many flaws that like I don't think they're frauds, but I don't know if they're contenders either. Like they are a good team, but their defense, if it defense does not make changes, they will have an early playoff exit. The Vikings have had some good wins this year. I mean, the Buffalo Bills game is the one that stands out to me the most. But other than that loss to the Cowboys, they beat some good teams. I mean, you guys just beat the Jets pretty well. I mean, it was just a one-score game last week. But, I mean, the Vikings have had some quality wins. And when it comes down to it, you got to find a way to get it done. And it seems like historically the Vikings have never been that team. But this year just seems a little bit different. I mean, personally, like, I think Kirk Cousins, I, everyone, he gets such a bad rap. And I get it in some ways, like, you know, the primetime narrative. But, I mean, he put up 400 yards on the Lions. I mean, he gets it done. I mean, you're going to have some games. He's not that, he, you know, he's not on point. But not everybody's Patrick Mahomes. And I've kind, I think that him and Jared Goff are really in the same boat. And everyone likes to critique him. But at the same time, he can win you games. So what are your thoughts? I mean, I know like a couple of years ago, people were questioning the contract the Vikings gave him. But what about now? What do you think about for the future? 
when we signed Kevin O'Connell to be the head coach, and then one of the first moves that they did with that was give Kirk another huge extension. It was just like, why are we doing this again? We know who Kirk Cousins is. He is going to put up massive stats against, you know, Detroit Lions at 1 p.m. on a Sunday. But then once we go to Monday night games against the Eagles, he's going to throw three picks and 100 yards. But Kevin O'Connell has found this way to, like, unlock Kirk and make him much more comfortable you know, get him. He's been king of checkdowns, and now he is throwing those passes where the receivers aren't wide open, and trusting that receivers. If you have a Justin Jefferson, that he's going to come down with it. So it's a totally new Kirk this year. Um, my biggest gripe is just still it's hard to stomach the contracts of quarterbacks now. Um, they're so uh, important. I disagree. It just. I feel what? like Kirk's contract is very average in the NFL right now. Like. If you if you even want an average quarterback, you have to be paying like the thirty million dollars a year that he's that he cost. It's just part of the business of the NFL right now. And if you want something less, you just have to be super good defense, or you just have to have the star players. Otherwise, you're you have to pay that for a quarterback. I mean, or have, what, or have a quarterback on a rookie deal. What they've been doing with Kirk, I don't think, is a terrible strategy either. It's always been a pretty short deal. It's not like you're locked into him for a long time. Hasn't he been franchise tagged? Like three or four times now with so, the command or the Redskins. He was, but he has not been with the Vikings, but he keeps getting hey, like he two years, right? So I don't think, I think if you're not locked into him long-term and he's, I mean, he's not, he's not that bad. I don't know. I think, I think it's been a winner for all sides. I've already, you know, beat this horse to death with golf and bringing <laughs> in the rookie quarterback. But I mean, Lions fans are so fickle. It's just, we need to get a rookie quarterback no matter what. We need to take him with a Rams pick. And I am slowly coming around. I said that I would give Goff an entire season just so I could see that body of work before I make the decision. And he has put together two back-to-back performances. I mean, the past four or five games, he's playing like a top five quarterback. No turnovers. He keeps it clean. He's efficient. He's throwing for yards. He's standing in the pocket. He's getting it done on third down. I mean, what more can you want from the guy to put this narrative aside that we need to get a young rookie quarterback to take the reins? I'm all for taking a guy in the second or third round at the least. But so far from what I've seen with Goff, I mean, this second half of the season has been totally different from him. And you can't just brush that aside. I mean, he is a serviceable starter, and there's only going to be five guys in the entire league who are elite, like the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allens. We are in the top 50 percentile in the NFL. We could be, you know, a top 10. He could be a top 10 quarterback this year, and that could be enough to win you a Super Bowl. So I think Kirk Cousins is in the same boat. I think he gets a bad rap. I think Jared Goff does, and I think that people need to pump the brakes and realize what you have because it's not always greener on the other side if you elect to go with a rookie guy or roll the dice on somebody who hasn't been on the team. So we'll jump into a couple individual breakdowns here. We'll talk mostly about some Lions players, but feel free, DeWitts, if you want to talk about some Vikings players, that's cool too. But we'll start it off with Jared Goff. Like I said, back-to-back damn near perfect games. He's been confident and poised in the pocket. I mean, I think that he's just been a really solid guy. I think you guys kind of already explained, like, Kirk is kind of in the same boat as Jared Goff, but both quarterbacks, in my opinion, had a hell of a game. I mean, they, even Kirk, I'd say, had an even better game than Jared Goff. So, 
I mean, I like what I'm seeing out of him. We got four more games before we really have to make a decision. And then, you know, we'll see how he does maybe in the playoffs too, if we can make it that far. I will say, uh, Goff on third down was just so damn frustrating. Like it honestly felt like anytime the Vikings had the lions in like third and long, he was just threading the needle and just hitting any receiver he needed to and just converting it and keeping the drive going. And I was just getting really mad (laughs) in my airplane seat, just trying to had no, nowhere to release my anger. It's a frustrating game. (laughs) Just found the seat and the lady next to you is startled. (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty incredible to see, and he completed passes to nine different players. It was just a well-rounded attack all across the board. He had no problem getting it done. A little bit of a slow start in the first half on the first that opening drive in particular when we went three and out, but, I mean, we really made some good adjustments, and Jared Goff has been impressing the fuck out of me these past few games. This was a big game. We had a big game against the Jaguars. It's crunch time now. It's pretty much went out or we're not making the playoffs and he has delivered game after game. So Jared Goff hats off to you. Another hell of a game. Let's move on to the running backs here. Not the most efficient game that we've seen out of the lions running backs. Um, I think we had over a hundred yards combined, but a lot of that came off of the CJ Moore fake punt when he had like a 45 yard run. I believe Justin Jackson was able to score on a sick 10 yard scramble out there. JMO land the block for him. We had Amon Ross St. Brown involved in the run game too. That was a big third down. Definitely not the most efficient, but when we really needed to get some yards and move the sticks, we were able to get it done. So not the best on paper, but still want to see Swift and Williams a little bit more involved. Moving on to the wide receivers here. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, pretty quiet for the most part. He still had over 60 yards on six catches, but it was really the DJ Shark show. I mean, he had another touchdown, almost 100 yards again. He was killing it. And then Jamison Williams has finally arrived. He is here. We have unleashed him in just 13 snaps. He pulled in that touchdown on the second drive. I think that was his first snap too. just a deep ball from Jared Goff could have been a little prettier from Goff, but I really think that he saw him wide open and just did not want to miss wanted to give him a nice and easy one to haul in for the TD. Um, But he's up five snaps from next week. I think we'll be seeing maybe like 15 to 20 snaps against the Jets you know, Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond, they're probably going to see a little bit of a decrease in their time on the field because of that. But I don't think that we're going to roll him out, you know, playing Amon Ross St. Brown or DJ Shark numbers. If we have an injury, maybe we'll get him a little bit more in terms of reps. But I think that they're comfortable just rolling him out, you know, between like 10, 20 snaps a game, depending on how we need him. So I should give one shout out to the offensive line. Anybody have an idea on who I'm going to talk about here? One of those nine pass catchers. Yeah, it was one of them. That would be Penny Sewell. How did you feel when you just saw an absolute Mack truck barreling forward for the first down? Were you scared at all? I was. I mean, that ended the game. You were scared? Absolutely, dude. You thought he was going to hold on to that and keep going? I did not. (laughs) I thought it was going to be I thought he was going to drop it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty good catch. Pretty good catch. Yeah. They've been setting that up all year, too, because that's not the first time that we've lined them out as a wide out. We did it a couple games ago, and then we even did it, I think, at least two times this game that we did it before we actually threw in the past. So we've just been baiting and baiting and baiting and just waiting for somebody to just leave them uncovered. And then he gets up and just slaps that guy in the face when he's done. My heart skipped a beat because I thought he was going to get on sportsman like and we get moved back because we still needed that field goal to really seal the deal. 
But moving on, we'll talk a little defense. Just wanted to talk about Isaiah Bugs real quick. He had that strip sack on that Dalvin Cook run on the goal line. I know we were texting a little bit about what the hell he was doing. I thought that maybe it was like a flea flicker or something, but turns out he was trying to pass. It was supposed to be one of those uh, RB pop passes. I think Derrick Henry did one a week or two ago, so that didn't work out very well, but he's just a very unglorified guy, and it was nice to see him kind of get a little bit of respect there. Of course, we got the rookie Aiden Hutchinson with another sack and two tackles for loss, a very well-rounded game on his part. And James, the problem, Houston, with another sack. That is four sacks. I repeat, four sacks in 38 snaps in his rookie season. And so the Lions' two rookie edge rushers, James Houston and Aiden Hutchinson, have combined for 11. They are number one and two in the entire NFL for the entire rookie class. That is a sexy line right there. And on top of that, we got Romeo Aquara back. He only played 25 snaps, but, you know, our sack leader from two seasons ago. So it's good to see him getting some reps for hopefully a playoff push. And the D-line also held the Vikings to only 22 rush yards. I really thought Dalvin Cook was going to be tearing us up. He only needed 70 yards, something like that, to go over 1,000 on the season. And other than that one touchdown where he just broke Deshaun Elliott's ankles, I mean, he was bottled up. The, the Vikings couldn't get anything going on the running game. Yeah, I'll, I'll give Delvin a little slack with um, the Vikings missing their left tackle and center. Um, I think that played a huge part. And even the left tackle backup tore his MCL in the game. Um, so I think they're on their third string left tackle. But, I mean, it was just no run game whatsoever. Besides, like, the run that you said, it was – I mean, it that it was the reason Jefferson went off. But, uh, yeah, I would have liked to see more than 22 yards. That would have been helpful, <laughs> Yeah, when I saw Darius and Bradbury out, I was like, okay, it's time to get after Kirk. This is going to be fine. But we'll talk a little bit about linebackers real quick. Want to talk about Alex Anzalone. He finally broke 100 tackles this season. That's the first time he's done that in his career. It was just a well-rounded game from him. Not a whole lot of mistakes. You do see those come up from time to time with the guy. And Malcolm Rodriguez continues to produce. Still kind of getting about 50% of the snaps. We had Derek Barnes out this game, so Chris Borden, Jared Davis got some looks, but Malcolm Rodriguez had another huge tackle for loss, and he was the key blocker that freed up C.J. Moore to sprint away on that fourth down fake punt. So Malcolm working on special teams too. We'll talk about the worst position group in the room, and that was our defensive backs. Definitely not the best day in the office in terms of coverage. I thought we did pretty well stopping the run, but... When Justin Jefferson is torching you for a franchise record, 11 catches and 223 yards, you need to look inward and figure out what's going wrong. And, you know, Thielen and KJ Osborne had some good days too. One thing I noticed, Jalen Rager, not such a good day. Never good when you promise a win. Uh, that's just, you're asking for it at that point. Is that what Rager don't, does? Say it. don't send those tweets. Don't say those things. Yep, Rager he, guaran- did that? he guaranteed a win. Yep. Their punt returner. That's all. He's he ass. I know. <laughs> We're aware. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't care if you think that. That's just bulletin board material, and it doesn't get you anywhere. Well, the team definitely knew about it. Taylor Decker called him out afterwards too, so they were aware. You gotta shut the fuck up and not give Dan Campbell any extra ammo. He does not need it, I assure you. He's those boys ready to go and run through a brick wall any given Sunday. A couple more uh, individuals here I want to talk about. Jeff Okuda was obviously limited. It seems like it was just due to his illness. When you see that, you think you don't really think it's much. They'll be good to go for Sunday. But it was pretty clear he was coming out like every other snap in the first half. 
And I think he they benched him maybe in like the second quarter because I didn't see him at all in the second half at all. But when he was on the field, he did have that one clutch stop on fourth down. I think that was on the Vikings first or second drive. So it was good to see him get in the mix defending the run. Jerry Jacobs, our undrafted pick from last year, was the one bright spot. He had a solid pass breakup in the end zone at Adam Thielen, and he got to Kirk Cousins on a on a blitz. Who was uh, guarding him on that blitz? Did you guys see who was supposed to block him? Oh, that would be TJ Hawkinson. Thought I'd throw that one out there. <laughs> and then we, got Mike... <laughs> then we got Mike Hughes. He was good in the run game, too. He had two tackles for loss. He was filling in for Will Harris, who was out this game. So a little bit more to be desired for the defensive back group. But, hey, we got it done, so I can't complain. That's a Real revenge quick... game for him. Yes, it was. And real quick, just wanted to touch a little bit about our coaching staff. I think Penny Sewell summed it up the best when he was talking about Dan Campbell. He said, dude's got some nuts on him. That is the most profound true statement that I have heard all day. That is absolute truth coming from Penny Sewell. It takes fucking balls to do what he does. That's the fourth down fake punt throwing a Penny Sewell on probably the most crucial third down of the entire game right after the two minute warning. Dan Campbell said he didn't want to repeat from week three, didn't want to kick the field goal and have the Vikings go and drive down and, you know, crush our hopes and dreams. So he really stepped on their throat, got that third down. And then Michael Big Dick Badgley coming through with that clutch field goal to put it out of reach. So props to him. Team was seven for 15 on third down. I thought we had some great adjustments coming out of halftime. We scored on every single drive in the second half. And, you know, it might not have been the best game defensively, but we won the turnover battle and we did just enough to get it done. Yeah, Badgley, uh, he redeemed himself after that missed kick earlier. So I would rather have him than the Vikings kicker. Yeah, don't say that. I'm sure we're taking away Ben's game ball. That's about all he's got. (laughs) Which is a good segue into the game ball and the burning bag of dog shit. We'll kick it off with the DeWitt. Steve, who you got for your game ball this week? My game ball is going to the Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. Um, I think the Lions have the hottest offense in the NFL. He is finding ways to, one, make Jared Goff look like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not a bad quarterback, but he's, you know, like we talked about with Kirk being above average. Um, He's utilizing Amon Ross and Brown very well. I feel like he's been... I feel like Amon Ra was a great, you know, third down converter for this game. Anytime you needed a long third down, it seemed like it was always going to him. Ben Johnson's utilization of Jamison Williams on that drive was a great way to get your rookie receiver acclimated to the NFL and build his confidence. So I just think Ben Johnson is doing a great job, and I hope that he is not on the Lions for very long. Did I hear you say the Lions are the hottest offense in the NFL or the hottest team? Because there's a I'm very clear hot. distinction. <laughs> yeah, I'm going hottest offense right now. Okay, we're halfway there. We're, we'll get you there, Steve. Don't worry. We bumped up in the rankings on defense. I don't know if you saw that, but the Lions are no longer the 32nd ranked defense in the NFL. Did you see that? Oh, I wonder who is. I wonder who they bumped down. Yeah, it would be yeah, the 31 Min- now, right? Yeah, 31 and 32 is a Minnesota Vikings. Compliments of Jared Goff and Ben Johnson. So you're spot on with that game ball. Who's getting yours, James? Perfect segue from what Steve said. Mine goes to Jamison Williams. Um, That first touchdown, first catch, first touchdown of his young, probably very prolific NFL career. Um, I legitimately think 
he was too fast for that throw. I don't know. It looked like it was a little underthrown and he had to stop running to catch it. I think Goff didn't realize how fast he was and he was like three or four yards farther than he should have been, um, which just shows you how like geared up and ready to go he was. So came out blazing. I don't know if he's got a little chip on his shoulder with that that trade with Minnesota traded that pick to the Lions and if he holds that against him, but maybe it gave him a little more juice for this game. Who knows? But Jameson Williams, good job today. I like it. Two Vikings fans giving two Lions the game ball. Beautiful. Belly, who's getting your game ball? Surely off the stat line. Uh, we're going to go with DJ Chark. Turning it around, coming back from injury, getting a tutty. Good game on that lad. Yep, stellar analysis on your part too, Bell. I don't know what you fuck you want me to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. We'll segue into mine because I got something to say. I talked about him briefly here, but my game ball is going to Isaiah Bugs. Got to give a shout out to Jared Goff as well, because he's had two great games, but you know, we talk about him every week. Isaiah Bugs doesn't always get that praise. He's a lot like Aleem McNeil doing the dirty work in the trenches. He's a fourth year player. I think we got him off the Steelers never really did much there, but he is just a leader on our defense and it's good to see him get some recognition mentioned it. he had that strip sack on the goal line. He was also right there on Aiden Hutchinson sack too. But a guy who doesn't get a lot of glory, but, you know, he's recognized in the locker room as one of those glue guys. So I'll give him a shout out in here and give him his due. So we'll move on to the burning bags of dog shit. Steve, take it away. Who's getting your bag? It was such a shit show that it is not fair to give one person a burning bag of shit. The entire Vikings defense and defensive coaching all deserve a burning bag of shit. The fact that you have given up over 400 yards of offense in the last five games is ridiculous. You are in the NFL. It is your job to stop the offense and make adjustments. It seems like the Vikings are stuck in this scheme of a shell coverage to not give up the big play. So you give up all these, you know, short five, 10 yard routes to prevent the big play. But then when the Lions are busting Jamison Williams and Chark for massive 40 plus yard touchdowns what are you doing there's no good scheme here you got to make adjustments you got to get pressure Goff didn't get sacked once it's a shit show on the Vikings defense right now and they need to make some changes yeah my kind of impression of the Vikings defense is they are just aging so much I mean they were so good for years And, you know, I think that led to kind of Mike Zimmer's demise is they just kind of got a little stagnant and having Harrison Smith out. I mean, that hurts, too, because I do think that Jamison Williams touched on him and it was clearly a miscommunication. I I don't even know if it was the guy who was subbing in for him who made that mistake. But, yeah, I mean, the Vikings defense has fallen pretty damn far from what they have been the past few years. So what about you, James? Who's getting your burning bag of dog shit? Yeah, um, you know, I thought that Lions fans would have a little more love for for their former friends and teammates than, than they showed to TJ Hawkinson. So my burning bag goes to all Lions fans who <laughs> booed him. It was like he made a catch <laughs> for 10 yards and on the TV, you just hear this boo, like the whole stadium erupts. I don't know what it was like in person, but like if you, you could clearly hear it over the TV, like this dude played on your team for multiple years and was a solid player. Yeah, I know he said some some things about the Lions that like he's happy to be on a winning team now. But, I mean, he didn't ask to be traded. He just is doing what he's got to do. And, you know, show a little more respect for your former teammate. Like, How was the uh, booze at the stadium in person, Steve? 
they were so loud and just so disrespectful. Like this was a top 10 pick of your guys. And he's been a very good tight end, maybe not top 10 pick worthy, but he didn't ask to be traded. I'm, I'm with James on this one. The thing is, if he would have kept his mouth shut and not said that thing about Detroit and being on a winning team, he would never have gotten booed. I mean, I said that even to you guys when we were texting when the trade happened that you're getting a good guy. I just don't think he's elite like a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey. But if you go against the Detroit faithful and say, oh, it's nice to be on a winning team for once, then we're going to come for your fucking throat. Like he did not think that this was going to blow up and it absolutely did. I'm sure he feels bad about it, but TJ Hawkinson's a real loser in this series because he is 0-2 in the Vikings Lions <laughs> games this season. So it's true. I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. Belly, who's getting your burning bag of dog shit? Um, it's gotta be the Tennessee Titans because they pulled me away from the TV to watch the Lions play which their offense is just great to watch now and the titans are the most boring team there is and we lose to the jags who the lions just beat so therefore i had an epiphany i think the lions are better than titans now world's upside down i would take the lions against the titans any day of the week oh yeah it stinks to say but me too Agreed. Mike Vrabel's got his uh, work cut out for him there, honestly. But he doesn't, though, and it's it's stupid because the Titans division is just so ass that, like, we're just gifted the playoffs for no reason. And then it's going to be a frustrating tail end of the season. My burning bag of dog shit this week is going to your favorite, TJ Hawkinson. I predicted it last week. I said, I hoped he dropped a hundred balls. He was 98 short, but there was two drops that I saw. One was maybe a pass breakup by Chris board, but that one, you guys even texted me too. There's a drop right on that third down to move the sticks. It was fucking beautiful. I was smiling ear to ear when I saw that. And then the cherry on top was that forced fumble at the end. We were already up 12 points and they were Justin Jefferson just pitched it back to him. We just came and punched it out. And that was the best part of my Sunday, just watching him fumble right there. So I just wanted to go back and revisit this. You've had TJ Hawkinson for a couple of games now, and I want to kind of get your thoughts on the trade. Now that you've had a couple of games with him, you've let it digest. Do you think the trade was worth it at this point? I want to hear James's take on this. Yeah, I, I think so. They they have been so lacking at tight end. Uh, they drafted Irv Smith in the second round a couple of years ago, expecting him to be maybe make that move to the to the upper level of tight ends, and it just never happened. And he didn't even move to the middle range of tight ends. Like he's just been hurt so much. I mean, if you watch the game against the Eagles week two, he dropped a wide open touchdown that could have potentially swung the game for the Vikings um, just hasn't lived up to expectations. So they've had a pretty big hole at tight end for a long time now. So to have a guy like Hawkinson, I'm cool with giving up a second round pick and a fourth or whatever. And then the swap, whatever you did, totally cool with six or 77, not a horrible stat line. The drops suck, not really looking into the fumble because it was a lateral, but the other games he's had some good catches, but like you said, there have been a couple drops too, where you're like, Oh, you know, you catch that. I I remember seeing one, one catch, he dropped a touchdown. Um, I believe it was against the bills um, that led to a field goal. And that could have changed that game. Luckily it didn't matter, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. When Irv Smith dropped that Eagles wide open touchdown and basically ruined our momentum and ended that game, I was done with Irv. So 
you know, just moving your second round pick to a fourth for a guy like TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, he has his occasional drops, which I think are just going to become less and less of a thing because he's just going to become a better player now that he's out of that suck hole of Detroit. Um, <laughs> um, I, I still, he's, he's just much, so much better than Irv and it's going to be nice to have a big target for Kirk to hit because he loves to do that. Yeah, I think the biggest question is what happens next year. I think I think he's under contract. Whether they extend him and minimize that cap hit, we'll see. Um, Vikings have a lot of cap decisions to make next year, but he's definitely one of them. But he's going to want to get paid, so we'll see. Yep. I think you guys are still living in the la-la land that is the short term because right now he's on a nice favorable deal. I think next year it jumps up to $10 million, and then after that you're going to be paying him $15 million a year. And that's the numbers that like Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey get paid. And he is going to have to improve and really be like a dominant tight end in order to at least, you know, for you to respect that contract. And from what I've seen out of three and a half years of watching him, I don't see it. I don't think that our front office saw it, which is why we were comfortable trading him and at least getting something back as opposed to letting him walk. So, I mean, at least you got the rest of this year and next year with him. I mean, we'll see. Like, what if you guys don't even re-sign him after this this next season, next year? Then, you know, that's an easy Lions win. And if you do sign him to a four or five, fifteen million dollar year year contract, he's got a, a big bill to live up to. So we'll see how he does. I mean, you guys have, are fine right now in the short term, but it could be a little bit more problematic as we uh move down the road here. So I got a question for you. If yeah. Hawkinson for the rest of his career has like a I don't know, top top six or seven uh, tight end in the league um, does well for the Vikings. Will you be happy for him? Or are you still salty just because of the, of what he said? I mean, I'll be happy for him. I always liked TJ Hawkinson. I really did. It's just, I mean, it's so it's like, you know, kicking like a, a sick mangy dog when you're making fun of Detroit. That was just such bullshit. Like I thought that he had some good times here and it makes me question if he really was like not happy I know like the narrative is like he didn't, you know, want to be traded, but he did say that he knew it was coming. He kind of saw the writing on the wall. So, I mean, I don't know, because there's a lot of closed door discussions that nobody is privy to. I mean, I still like the guy. I hope he has a good career. I just hope that he has, you know, a hundred drops against the Lions the next time he plays. If he has a thousand yards a season and zero against the Lions, that is ideal for me. Fair enough. I want to pay someone on like Fiverr to go back to all our old old episodes just to hear all your Hawkinson praise for like the first six games of the season, only to just show this just turn on the man. <laughs> well, I'm clearly an optimistic guy, but I have always <laughs> when you're drafted <laughs> as, as a top ten tight end, you have a lot of expectations to live up to. I mean, he's the and... number four fantasy tight end right now. It's not like he's playing that bad, bud. I understand that. I'm just saying, like. You guys, do you really put him in the category of Mark Andrews and and Travis Kelsey, or would you put him in with like a Darren Waller and a Dallas Goddard and a Dalton Schultz? All I mean, very he's, good tight ends. Yeah. Okay, but he's not going to get you 10 <laughs> catches quality. for 100 yards and a touchdown every game. I think he has one touchdown as a Viking. Sure, he's going to get you seven, eight catches for 60 yards, but and he's going to move the sticks, but then he's got the drops too. So he just hasn't taken that step to being an elite tight end, and that's what he was drafted to be. And he's not the best blocker either. So I mean, of all the f- uh, 
skill positions. Tight end takes the longest to develop, and he's only in his fourth season. I think you're you're jumping the gun on this one. He's 25. Maybe. He's dead to me now, so good luck <laughs> with him, guys. Let's move on and talk about next week. The Lions are going back to MetLife to take on the New York Jets. It's Sunday, December 18th at 1 p.m. The Jets are touting a 7-6 and six record. The line opened up at Lions plus one, underdogs. I checked again this afternoon. It has already moved to the Lions one-point favorites. Vegas knows what's up, baby. Foreshadowing just like it was last week. Over-under set at 44 and a half. Jets just went to Buffalo to take on the Bills and lost 20 to 12. Last time we played the Jets, it was opening day in 2018. First play of the game, Sam Darnold throws a pick six to Quandre Diggs. Jets ended up winning 48 to 17. Who can forget that shocker of a game? I know you can't, Bell. In my opinion, I think the Jets have really overperformed all season. I'm not trying to discount their defense at all. They are absolutely legit. But I don't know how this offense has really done enough to win these games and put up points because, you know, on paper, they're ass. They had Brees Hall for a while and they were fine. But Zach Wilson is trash. He was managing to get some wins. Joe Flacco, too. And now they got Mike White, who has looked like the best out of the three so far. But they have some good wins and they have some bad losses. They beat the Bills and Dolphins, two of the best teams in the AFC but then they have losses early in the season to the Bengals and they lost twice to the Patriots too. And I know the Patriots kicked our ass, but I mean, they've had some close games too. Like they played the Broncos really close who are one of the worst teams in the NFL, in my opinion. But ever since Mike White has taken over, they've looked at least respectable. The team really seems to rally around him, but in this recent game against the bills, he uh, was taken out of the game for a couple of plays. He took a shot to the ribs from uh, Matt Milano um, but he jumped in back in the game and he finished. They took him to the hospital, they said, as a precautionary measure due to the rib injury. He's day to day at this point. At least that's what Sala said today. If he can't go, it's either going to be Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson, who has completely lost the locker room. Nobody wants to play with Zach Wilson. So it's likely going to be Joe Flacco. And and who knows what you're going to get with him. So, yeah, I was uh, I was watching the ticker on ESPN today and it does look like he's expected to play, but yeah, I'm. I'm assuming one bad hit and he's out of the game. Whoever's the backup has got to be ready. Yeah, and he was pressured 20 times against the Bills, and the Lions are rolling. So, I mean, I haven't taken an in-depth look at the the Jets' offensive line, but doesn't seem like they're doing the best job of protecting their quarterback if they're giving up 20 pressures in a game with to the Bills without any Von Miller now. So, Mike White will throw the ball 57 times. That's what he did against the Vikings. What he does with those passes, like if he's a Vikings defense – gonna torture you but i don't know maybe the lions can make it make it different i just remember this time last year when we were saying the same thing about mike white and it ended up just being a hoax and he ended up fizzling out so it's a wait and see but he has been playing like a dog yeah he's been slinging it quite a bit i mean out of those three i would say mike white is the least ideal guy that i'd want to face i mean it sounds like he's probably going to be back so i'm prepared for it but I mean, they're pretty banged up across the board. I mean, Zonovan Knight, he's kind of taken over that backfield with Michael Carter playing second fiddle. Again, happy I'm dodging that Brees Hall matchup because the dude is a beast just coming out strong. He's got the torn ACL, so he's done for the year. I'm sure we're going to have some headlines with the Garrett Wilson and JMO matchup, both Ohio State teammates. But Garrett Wilson was my favorite wide receiver coming out, and he has hit the ground running. He's been killing it with any quarterback that he's paired up with other than Zach Wilson. So, 
if Zach Wilson plays, that doesn't look well for Garrett Wilson. So, and the offensive line, not very good. Like I said, they're giving up a lot of pressure. So you can definitely get to the quarterback. The real star of the show for this Jets team is their defense. You know, starting with Quinn and Williams, he's been having an all pro year. He has been absolutely killing it, but he did leave the game with a calf injury. It sounds like he's day to day uh, before he left the game. The bills were putting up a goose egg against the Jets. And then they scored all 20 of their points after Quinn and Williams left the game. So he's having a career year. And if he can't go, that's a huge boost for the lions. Then we'll talk about the rookie sauce Gardner. He's been fitting the bill as a lockdown guy, uh, getting a lot of love from the jets faithful. Everybody loves them some sauce, but I, I think he'll probably be matched up against DJ Chark. So we'll see how that matchup goes. Obviously we have a lot of other weapons that we can go to. They've got DJ Reed. Who's been playing well too, but our strength is in our slot with Amon Ross St. Brown. And if our outside guys can't get it done, we'll just look to him like how we always have. And the other guy on that team that stood out to me is CJ Mosley. He's just a fucking unit still going one time Raven now jet still trucking. So we'll hop into Corb's keys to victory here. And I think what we've got to find a way to put up points against this defense. And it's probably our toughest defensive matchup this year, but we have not really struggled to put up points in the second half of the year. I know we had the Patriots and the Cowboys game um, a little fluky in that Cowboys games, not scoring too, but that's a legit defense. But the past six games, the, the Lions have been rolling. We've been able to put up points against some good defenses, and I expect us to still do the same. Mike White has had a nice streak of game, but like you said, Ben, he's been known to come back down to earth. He can turn the ball over. I think he had a game with like three or four picks last year. So we just really got to pressure the fuck out of him and get some takeaways when we're at it. But we're coming off a big, huge emotional win. Dan Campbell had the boys ready to play. We've really got to be pumped up and ready to go if we want to keep these playoff hopes alive. You know, we might be able to sneak away with one loss here, but it's pretty much win out or we're not going. So this is what probably the toughest test that we have the rest of the season. After that, we have the Panthers and Bears and then finish in Lambeau. So Jets on paper are the best team. We'll see if the boys are ready to go. So let's get to some score predictions here. What do you think, James? How do you see this one going down? I think it's going to be a extremely low scoring game. 17 14 i think um lions lions are gonna win it um but low scoring that defense is no joke um and i think the, the also the the jets def- or jets offense is is a little struggling right now with with mike white banged up so i don't see them scoring many points either so 17 14 lions my prediction steve what you thinking you know, I think the Lions get their kneecaps bit off next week. <laughs> I think they are going to be riding high. You know, you know they got a big win. They've been really, you know, taking it to other teams. Uh, they're going to run into a brick wall here with this Jets defense. Um, it's going to be a real test to see what this offense is actually made of. You know, torching the Vikings D is like taking candy from a baby. So, I think Jets win uh, 31-21 because that Lions defense uh, is a sieve and is going to uh, give up a lot of points. So we'll see if the Lions offense can get them out of here with a win, but I don't see it happening. We'll make you eat those words. What do you think, Belly? Are you going to be a contrarian as well? You're damn right. Um, In my tank dynasty football team, I have every single Jets running back, so I've been monitoring the team very closely through the year. So I think the final score is going to be 21 to 20 on a missed extra point to tie the game by the money badger. What does the money badger have to do to garner some respect? Jesus. 
I don't know. People are talking about him. Didn't you send me a text from your boys saying Belly liked that one or something when he missed the first kick? Yeah, it was 48 yards. It wasn't a gimme, but he made up for it. Redemption arc. I am going to even the odds here and give the Lions the win at 24 to 17. I think a lot hinges on Quinn and Williams because he is just a beast in the middle, having an all pro kind of year. So if he's out, I think that's going to affect the over under a little. If he's out, I'd say maybe the over. If he's not, I'd say the under. But I got the Lions winning 24 to 17 by a nice clean touchdown. I don't think that Mike White can really sustain this. And with Okuda back in action, I don't think we're going to have a repeat of last week, just giving up over 200 yards to Justin Jefferson. The defense has really started to step up. The Lions are the hottest team, the hottest team in the entire NFL, and they are not going to have a letdown game against the Jets. They cannot. They will not. Lions book it. Hottest team in the NFL is seven losses. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're talking short term here, Ben. November onward, the hottest team. Let's move on, though, to betting with the belly. Yep, one of my favorite segments. You know how it goes. Um, Quickly to go over last week, Corbin, still hot, 3-1. and one. Uh, He missed on the over. Uh, myself, 3-1. and one. I missed on the uh, Chiefs minus 8.5. And, and then Cam, 1-3. and three. Um, Didn't he say he was hot last week in, in gambling? Yeah, Our he guess absolutely was- did. Our guest just always seems to have issues with this segment, I guess. But maybe our guest will be hotter this week. Uh, moving into it, we're going to start off with the favorite. We're going to let the birthday boy go first on this one. Who you like for the favorite? Mm, thanks, Belly. Well, this one's going to be fun. It's the Bengals going to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. They're minus three and a half. I think the Bengals have been playing lights out, really rivaling the Lions for hottest team in the NFL. Jamar Chase is back. They've been humming. I don't see any problem. I don't have any faith in the Bucs or anybody in the NFC South at this point. I mean, the Bucs got absolutely crushed by the 49ers, and that was in Brock fucking Purdy's first start. So if they can't get it done against the 49ers, they're certainly not going to get it done against Joe and the Bengals. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on in Tampa Bay, but it's been rough down there for Tommy 12. Steve, what are we thinking? For my favorite, I have Chiefs versus Texans. This is kind of a rare occasion where we have probably the best team in the NFL playing the worst team. And I think a negative uh, 14 spread is um, going to happen. Picked a real hard one there. I mean, yeah, a but it's a, double, it's a double digit spread, which I guess it kind of worked out for the Texans this past week uh, on the Cowboys. But I think the Chiefs are a little better of a team. I don't hate that pick, but those big, big spreads are kind of scary. What are we thinking, James? Yeah, my favorite's got to go to the team that just lost. Um, They're at home now, undefeated at home. They're favored by four over the Colts um, this Saturday, and I just don't see what happened this week happening again. Um, They're going to win this game, and they're going to win it pretty handedly. Yeah, and I don't know. undefeated at home. Oh, Here we are. Oh, shit, you're Uh, right. The Cowboys. Oh, the worst game. Okay. (laughs) Worst game of the year. The blowout, yeah. Okay, they are pretty good at home. <laughs> pretty good. <clears throat> um, that was funny. Um, and for my favorite, all aboard the uh the Purdy train, man. I love to see this uh Mister Irrelevant out there winning games. He does have a hell of a supporting cast, so kind of walked into a good situation. But I just think the Forty ers are the best team in that division, and they're going to take down their uh interdivision rival in the Seahawks. Moving on to the dog, Corbin. I'm not even shocked, but who's got you barking? How? Could I possibly 
pick against the Lions, the hottest team in the NFL. Again, made this pick before the line moved this afternoon, but the Lions were plus one going to New York. They are the hottest team in the NFL. How are you going to pick against them when it's basically a pick at this point? The line's already moved. It's probably going to move more. I don't care what quarterback has their hand under the center's ass. The Lions are going to take them down multiple times and walk out with a victory, move into a nice and even seven and seven. Same record as my Corb. How bad do you want it? The movement on these Lions lines the last two weeks is absolutely insane. You might see it move one point on a good day. But I think I looked this morning and it was Lions plus one and a half. And I checked right before this episode, like I always do. And now it's Jets uh, plus one. So it's already on the move two and a half, which is just insane. Um, And again, I don't even know what to think about this Lions team anymore. It's probably it could happen. It could not happen. I don't know. But um, I knew you're going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, Steve, who are you barking with? You know, I think the the Giants versus Commanders, the Giants have gotten slapped around for a few weeks, and I think they finally say that they've had enough. I think um, them being dogs of four and a half against the Commanders is kind of shocking, and I think they actually pull out the win here. Yeah, I, uh, I actually picked the game myself, and it's already moved down, so we're on the side of the public, uh, which is always a scary way to gamble. To wrap up the dog, what do you think of James? Yeah, I'm going uh, Falcons plus four against the Saints. I don't know. Every now and then you have these like random rookie quarterbacks who have great games, and I think Desmond Ritter is going to have that against the Saints. Um, I think this is going to be his like what second start. I think he started, or no, they had a bye week. I think. Oh no, yeah, I was just looking it up. There, this will be his debut. Debut. Okay, so yeah, he's he's covering that spread. Falcons are winning it. Even go for the Falcons. Yeah, I'm excited to always see a new uh, quarterback play and see how he can do. I don't hate that. Uh, and the Saints, I don't even know what's been going on with them really either. They've been pretty Saints mediocre. Going on to the over, who's going to have a high-scoring game, Corb? My over this week is the Dolphins' bill. 42 points is the line, and I do not understand it. I know that the Bills didn't have the best game, but they were playing the Jets last week. And the Dolphins are always putting up points too. So I looked to see if there was like an injury that I wasn't privy to, but there's none of that. So I see both of these teams clearing 20 points very easily you can see the dolphins or bills putting up 30 points apiece so maybe take the alt over at like 50 yeah i mean that's going to be two exciting offenses playing i'd like i i like that bet steve (laughs) which game do you think is going to be up there i think uh lions jets uh, it's going to be an easily over 44 and a half points you have the lions defense which will give up over 30 points like i predicted earlier um the Lions offense really, you know, this is a time to show what they can do. And if they do that, then they'll put up lots of points too. So 44 and a half is an easy over. I mean, they've been absolutely racking up the scoreboard, but yeah, I like that pick as well, even though my guess was 21 to 20, <laughs> but uh, James, how about you, bud? I got a uh, Cowboys Jags over 46. I don't know. Just Cowboys. They're the Cowboys and, and the Jags put up, a lot of points against the uh, the Titans last week. I know. I, I think I think forty six is way too low. I think that game is going to be in the fifties, upper fifties. Yeah, and we uh, just got a ping while we were doing this episode that T.Y. Hilton just signed with the Cowboys, which I thought that guy was done. So we'll see what happens there. Um, for my over, I'm just riding the hot streak that I've had. Uh, Titans again over forty six and a half against the Chargers. They've covered the last two weeks. Why not just keep betting until it fails? And last but not least, the under. 
All right. I'm taking the Cardinals Broncos under 39 points. Broncos had their best offensive performance of the year, but that was pretty much in garbage time when the chiefs were leading like 27 zero. So Russell Wilson is concussed. I don't even know if he's going to play, but that Broncos defense is legit and the Cardinals are fluky at best. So I don't know. I'm not going to take a Broncos over until you can prove me. Otherwise last week was an aberration. I didn't bet it. So now that I'm betting it, it's going to hit taking the under. Well, if you uh, can get that line right now, you should, because Kyler Murray got carted off of the season-ending injury in this game, so that he's playing currently. Jeez, I did not know that, but now my under yeah, I didn't see that either. Well, better. They said that uh, they don't know what it is yet, but they it was non-contact, and they had to get the cart, so that's never a good sign. So I think he's probably done for the year. Perfect um, timing for fantasy playoffs. Great. <laughs> eh, you got Deshaun Watson. You'll be fine. All right, Steve, <laughs> which one's going to be a low guy? Uh, I think Panthers versus Steelers. Both those teams are just booty, and 38 and a half is not going to be reached. I don't think they each, either team scores over two touchdowns. All right. Good. Great pick. James, what do you think for the under? <laughs> I'm going Jets Lions. Jets Lions under 44 and a half. Low scoring game. That's all I'm saying. That's the battle of the brothers on that bet. And last but not least, I'm going Falcon Saints under 42 and a half. I think both teams are just a mess. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points. And uh, that is going to wrap up betting with the belly. All right, guys, no more bets. Let's get into the fun stuff here. We've got another draft for the people. Make sure you vote on our Instagram polls. We're all going to post it up. May the best man win. This week, we're going to do a movie draft. Categories are sci-fi, animated, comedy, and drama. No repeats. Snake per usual. I've already got the order. This time, birthday boy goes first, followed by Steve, Ben, and then James, and we'll snake it back around. I'm going to kick this one off with the drama category. This is one of the best movies of all time, if not the best of all time. And I didn't want to risk losing it because, in my opinion, it's a little bit of a shorter listed category. I am taking The Dark Knight. Heath Ledger's finest performance, one of the best movies ever, best Batman ever, in my opinion. I thought it was a no-brainer at this point. There's a lot of really good movies. I consider myself a real movie buff, but so many good quotes. If you've seen my Joker impersonation, it's great, too. No question in my mind, The Dark Knight is one of the best movies of all time and definitely the best drama. Could be even the best superhero movie of all time, too. would say that. I think that's like a borderline drama, even. <laughs> I'd say it's a drama. It definitely it's like an action drama. adventure movie. No, that's drama, dude. It's such a dark story, too. Literally, Twists if you, and turns. You IMDb it, it says action adventure. <laughs> it's more drama for sure. I can great see acting, suspense. Great, great movie. Heath Ledger, yep. just, yeah. The 101, The Dark Knight. And Steve, we're kicking it to you. What are you taking? All right. I think. Just to play the safe, I need to have this movie out there for myself. I'm going with sci-fi. Um, people that know me probably have a rough <laughs> idea of <laughs> what kind of um, series I'm going to pick from. Uh, it's going to be Transformers 5, The Last Night. You're a psychopath. Yeah, absolutely. Ma- I'm madman. You Guys, we so have crazy. we have these we have the class of these titans. We have Optimus Prime versus his creators. They bring Cybertron to Earth, and the planets collide. Yeah, and it's then a great idea. Like the if the movie just wasn't so shitty, 
Yeah, and then there's just a little chick robot that came out of nowhere. There's no explanation as to how Megatron came back from being his weird cube form. And then, <laughs> and then isn't it the planets of a Transformer? <laughs> and Anthony yes, Hopkins Earth, isn't it. Earth like, what? Is, yeah, Anthony Earth Hopkins is, a Transformer. is just <laughs> a nice soft cameo by like a great <laughs> actor. <laughs> Steve, John Shred is going to love you for redeeming his turkey pick right there, man. That one was trash. I knew You could have saved that till the very end. <laughs> It's not even the best Transformers by far. There was was a threat James was going to take that. No, absolutely no threat. I'm going to be honest with you. I might watch that one again tonight because I do own all five on Amazon. (laughs) So good. All right, Steve. The Transformers Homer. I've never met somebody who loves Transformers like you do. But you got a good pal and belly now, I guess. I do love the Transformers. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) All right, belly. Who are you taking with the 103? Uh, I thought this movie could go 1.01, but I grew up watching this movie. I've probably seen it 200 times, but every time you drop in, you just got to see him run. That's Forrest Gump, without a doubt for drama. I love Tom Hanks in the movie. I quote this movie all the time. It's just so good. All right. It's it's a good movie. What what are you laughing at? (laughs) So many quotable moments. Uh, it just was not even on my list, man. I mean, Forrest Gump is a good movie, but you want to watch it over and over and over again? Like you no, know, it's just like happens. it's like that Saturday movie that was on TNT when you'd wake up and you'd be like, "Oh, Forrest Gump's on," and then you just, just stuck there for two hours because it's so good. All right, well, not what it wouldn't have been my pick, but not bad either, Belly. It's fine. Um, yeah. So shove it. I feel like that's the ultimate TV movie. It's just always on a channel. I'll say it's it. Not even Tom Hanks' best movie. <laughs> No. What's Tom All Hanks' right. best movie? I'm going to save it until honorable mentions. James, who you yeah. got? You got two back-to-back. All right. For my first one, I guess it doesn't really matter, but I want this to be a first-round pick. I am going to sci-fi category. A movie from one of the most popular science fiction stories out there. I'm going for the Star Wars for franchise and none other than Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Um, absolute banger of a movie. Darth Vader's redemption arc destroys the Empire um joins his son joins the light side just as a kid watching that happen just like like belly said earlier this is a movie if it's on i can't turn this i can't change the channel just like the ewoks to to the the jabba's barge fight with boba fett and the green lightsaber just like just so much fun great movie (laughs) beats that movie beats any other the sequels or the prequels it's by far the best star wars movie I thought you were going to pull a Steve and just pick like the worst one and be like Phantom oh. Menace, dude. <laughs> hey, Phantom Menace, Menace is not the worst. Phantom Menace holds a special place in my heart. I got to rewatch. Like I got to rewatch them all again, but Yeah, but... out of the 6, which one do you think is the worst? Well, there's 9. Well, out of the 6. Out of the 6, probably Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Okay. The yeah, four okay. is like you know, Darth Maul was too cool to put that last. I do love Phantom Menace and everybody hates that movie. <laughs> The so politics, I, they need to take the politics out, but otherwise it's awesome. I like like four, five, and six, but I think the best one out of all of those first six is the Revenge of the Sith, the third one. I yep, was I so pumped for that as a kid, just waiting for it to come up. I remember when I went to the, the theaters and watched, I actually like stood up and clapped. That was the one movie I <laughs> ever loser. did that at, I swear to God. And the meme ability, too. Like, you underestimate my power. Don't try it. The memes in 2005. <laughs> You're supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. I do love I the... Uh, I, used, 
now that you mentioned i've used so many memes from Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> that uh that one oh, yeah. uh gif where he just goes do it i send yes, that all do the it. time yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah and natalie portman is just such a fucking smoke show too all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna move on to the second round here um this i'm this is going to the comedy category um might be a um a dark horse pick but i'm going with airplane um Ooh, that's a good one incredible Ooh. movie back when like pg movies could show boobs in them um it was <laughs> so funny just like leslie nielsen knocks it out of the park that 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 type of comedy is just absolute favorite like the surely you can't be serious i'm serious, i am serious don't but don't sure. call me surely like that is just that's the best i don't know great movie would highly recommend if you haven't watched it picked a hell of a week remember- stop sniffing glue <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we were young watching that movie because it was PG with our whole extended family and that woman ran across the screen with her boobs out and our aunt just looks at my dad and goes can they watch this? This is so inappropriate. Well, it's like the kind of movie where when I watched it as a kid I didn't catch everything and I yeah. watched it as an adult and I'm like holy shit. There's so many and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar makes a makes a a cameo in that movie. He's the one of the pilots. Oh yeah. I didn't see that coming. Um just so many good one-liners from that movie. I've never seen it, but You've never seen Airplane? You, oh, you need to watch it. Nope, never seen it. And there's a, there's a second one. It's not as good, but Um is it back to me? Yes it is. Uh, I'm going with one of my favorite uh, action movies and one of my favorite uh, franchises, even though a lot of the movies get a lot of hate. I love the whole thought of the future and robots and whatnot. So Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Um, That liquid Terminator is just, it's an iconic villain and the guy played it so well. And it's just, it's got everything, man. Uh, I love Terminator 2. Never seen any Terminator either. I was going to say, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I have not seen a single one. You've never seen Terminator 2? I never seen none any of them. of them. None of the three no. of you have seen Terminator Two. I had it on my. You don't even have to say number two. But yeah, I You've couldn't never do seen it just any because Terminators? I've never seen it. Nope. I saw Salvation. That's like not up there high on the list. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Transformers Five out of all the Terminators. No, <laughs> Terminator Two is regarded as one of the best action movies, especially for the time it holds up. Um, yeah, I I strongly advise you guys to at least watch the first two. Kind of gets a little wild after three. Moving on, Steve, who are you taking 203? With my second round pick, I'm going to move into the drama category, and it is going to be a little bit of a debate, but I've got some, you know, explaining to do. I think that John Wick is my favorite drama movie. The first one? Yeah, number one. I mean, they're all great, but number one, because the man was a trained assassin, he loses his wife. He's depressed. He's lost everything. And she gets him this puppy, this adorable dog. He holds on to the dog because it reminds him of her. He has you gonna so spoil much the love movie? this dog. It's been <laughs> out for years. I don't know, man. And these, these old enemies of his past come and just murder the dog and burn its house dog. And then John Wick is born. Spoiler alert. Goes, yeah, dude. Fucking crazy. <laughs> That happens in like the first 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's very early on in the movie. But man, he makes you want to go out and just kill people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good pick, though. But I'm so thankful that it snaked back to me because I debated taking this with my 1-1. One, one, 
it's from the comedy genre. And in my opinion, the most quotable comedy of all time. And I had so many choices, but this one, it stands the test of time. And that is Step Brothers, without Whoa. a doubt, a hundred percent the most quotable movie of all time. I mean, I thought you were going that, Anchorman. It was close. It was up there, but this one, like Korbiashi, my namesake came from that eating dicks like Kobayashi. If you're wondering, that's where it came from. <laughs> then you got the Catalina fucking wine mixer. He's a songbird of our generation. I mean, there's just so many fucking different quotes that you can go with. You're from gonna that. eat it was the, the dog funniest. shit. I probably watched that's that from movie Anchorman. well over a hundred times. No, it wasn't. You're gonna eat that white no, dog shit. Oh, Step Brothers. I'm, I'm thinking of the cat poop. That's from Anchorman. Oh, God, Step Brothers just gets me fucking going. I love it so much. Every day at the office, anytime anybody says Pam, I just say, <laughs> are you saying Pam or Panned? There's a D on the end. Every time without fail, I always get I do yell. I do yell ah! quite a bit. <laughs> Brennan has ah! a mangina. Brennan has a mangina. Give me Step Brothers. And now, now I have a decision to make coming back around. And I don't think my sci-fi is gonna get taken, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pop the cherry the animated genre here. Well, your sci-fi is not gonna get taken because all of us have sci-fi already. <laughs> yep, that's a good call. That's another reason why. But this one might be a little controversial. I don't think it is at all. But I'm taking Shrek one. The long-lasting value of Shrek is. Fantastic. I mean, you know, Eddie I Murphy, Shrek, Michael Myers, Cameron Diaz. It's fucking hilarious. Even the other ones after are awesome. But I mean, I would watch Shrek today and still be entertained by that great storyline. Funny as hell. Eddie Murphy's a beast. Donkey. How are you going to pick against that? I got real confused there because we went to talking about sci-fi and then you said it was going to be controversial. <laughs> and I thought you were trying to switch Shrek as sci-fi for a minute. And I'm like, Absolutely not. <laughs> I got into an argument on what the most popular movie is between these two. And it was Shrek was my argument or Hocus Pocus. Shrek. Shrek. Yeah. I've never Shrek. Seen Hocus Shrek. Pocus. The argument was most iconic and I haven't seen it Still either. Shrek. And people wanted to decapitate me because I haven't seen what you've never seen Hocus Pocus. No, but I've seen Shrek. Everybody has seen Shrek. It's one of the, it is the best animated movie of all time. In my opinion, There's you can ask anyone how Shrek ends and they'll know. You can't ask anyone how Hocus Pocus ends and they'll know. It's just I don't even know how it starts. <laughs> <laughs> and Shrek is just has so much hidden jokes for the adults too. It's such a great movie for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when they said like ass and we were in the sixth grade. I was like pumped. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> They're showing the good shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So give me Shrek. I'm not looking back. I think I'm running away with this one. Anyways, yeah, we'll move back to Steve. Who you got? I mean, my list is swinging for the fences, guys. I don't know how I would ever lose this thing. Yeah, you're really going for that um, niche audience. <laughs> I'm going to vote for him. Just, just wait here. I'm going to go follow suit with the animated, and I'm going to choose this because it has a very special place in my heart. That is Yu-Gi-Oh! The Movie. <laughs> hey, hey, it's a personalized list. I fucking love it. I don't even James know what happens in Yu-Gi-Oh! The movie. Oh, it's I great. Don't know it's a great movie. movie. I can't hate the pick. I can't hate it. James this... and I, took, we went on our, uh, was it our fourth grade birthday party? Yeah, it was fourth grade or sixth grade because fifth grade was Star Wars. You're it was right. Revenge of the Sith. Yep, it was Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> fifth grade. So sixth grade birthday party, we took all of our friends to go see Yu-Gi-Oh! The movie. 
and they gave you a little golden packet of cards with your ticket. That was amazing. And then we went to Pizza Hut after, and it was a great birthday. And I just, you know, that movie holds a great spot in my heart. And it's What's got Blue Eyes Shining Dragon, who is one of the coolest. Who is my favorite Yu Gi Oh creature in the game? So. It was a Blue Eyes White Dragon, actually, but it was a, oh, it's an the iteration version of, of it. Oh, I think fuck. I think they know more than you on this one, Corbin. You should take. <laughs> I, a seat. I was going to show off my Yu Gi Oh knowledge here. I guess not. No, it's it's a family member of the Blue Eyes White Dragon. No, no, but... no. You should have seen both of their faces as soon as you started talking, Corbin. They're like, no, no, no. Just... <laughs> Uh, all right, good pick, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. I wasn't ready for him to say you. you know. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> um, so I didn't really want to do animated because it's just so many routes you can go with it. Uh, but I'm just going with a steady Eddie, and we're going with Toy Story. I love Toy Story as a kid; still love it today. They got a bunch of different iterations if you want the story to keep going. But yeah, growing up as a kid, when Buzz is flying through the air and they get back in the truck, it's a big moment. The great pick. Toy Story is yeah, classic. Solid pick. Honestly, yep. scared the shit out of me as a kid with Sid. Oh yeah, was I was like just thinking creatures. about Sid. <laughs> yeah, and that when he would like Very burn scary. his eye or burn that thing on his forehead, I was so nervous about that. I was like, "What's going on?" And just yeah. his toys were just <laughs> absurd. <laughs> James, he got two back to back. Yeah. Around okay. It out. So I guess it doesn't really matter here. Um, I've got animated and a drama left. Um, I'll just I'll stick with animated here. Gosh, I was really picking between two here, whether I would go up. Fuck it. All right, I'm going to go with my personal favorite, uh, James and the Giant Peach. Um, great movie. Ooh. Half, I would say it's half animated, half human. I'm going to still count it because a lot of the movie. <laughs> I didn't ask the board. I'm going to count it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's mostly animated. There's probably about 20 minutes that aren't um, when the movie starts. But I don't know. Watching it as a kid, it was like so intriguing. The bugs are just so friendly to james as he makes his journey through this peach <laughs> really just like adding him to their crew when he really doesn't have a family and it's just really warming because like his parents gone this rhino <laughs> took them and he's making his it's way across the, he's making his way across the atlantic ocean on this giant floating peach and it's just the most insane movie of all time and i watched it recently like two weeks ago and i was like how did this movie get made it was a tim burton movie you can tell <laughs> right away it's just super super creative and super weird um but yeah, gotta go animated for J with James and Giant Peach. Your explanation is the best part. You yeah. just go. The nice little friendly bugs were just so intriguing as James just makes his way through this giant peach across and the Atlantic James, Ocean. It's a it's a true story about friendship. Movie? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely related to that kid just strictly because of the name. But yeah, I don't know. That was a yeah. good answer. Good good songs in the movie too. So. <laughs> All right, and rounding it out is another old but classic is the movie Clue. It is based off of the board game that I'm sure everyone has played at once, at least once in their life. Um, but it's basically a, a movie rendition of the game, and it is absolutely so good. It's an original whodunit, just like, like um, Knives Out, if you like that movie, but just a little bit older. Don't know who's going to do it until the very end. And actually something that they did in the theaters is there's like – four different endings to this movie and they didn't tell you what the ending was going to be when you went into the theater. So like you'd see the movie and your friend would see the movie the next day and you would both have a completely different experience of how the movie ended. And they didn't like release all of the, all of the, uh, all of the endings until I came out on VHS. So wait, that's real. That's real. 
there's like yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's like a there's three alternate endings, and then they say this is what really happened, and then only a certain amount of theaters got the real the real ending. Um, it came out in '85. That's impressive. yeah, great movie. A lot of stars in it. Um, I think Christopher Lloyd um, from Back to the Future. He's Professor Plum, and a couple other ones for like Colonel Mustard and. All the characters from the game are in the movie, um, and then a couple additions. But no, great, great mystery movie, great drama. If you haven't seen it, to round out mine, uh, comedy. This one, this one could go anyway. But uh, if you look at my list, it could. T- it tells a story that I was born in the early '90s with how it's going to round out. We're going to go with Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, um, I, I love me some Dumb and Dumber. Great movie. Uh, just the whole thing, Petey the bird, and he, he sells him the dead bird, the blind kid. <laughs> <laughs> and like at the end when he's like, when they're like telling they want someone to come oil the chicks up, well, you're in luck because there's a town back that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, your last pick, a comedy. All right, I'm going to close out with my fourth round pick as a comedy. It's going to be a pretty popular movie. Adam Sandler classic, just Happy Gilmore. There are so many good quotes from it. Uh, Shooter McGavin, who doesn't like doing you know little pistol guns? Just a, a great movie. Every time I watch it, I'm laughing out loud at the little jokes. When did when did you watch that movie? Because we um, we had the same life, and I don't remember watching that as a kid. Yeah, we actually yeah we never like sat down and watched it as kids or like as a family. We I either saw it like bits and pieces on TV, or during COVID, I probably watched it like three times. I knew I wanted to have Adam Sandler on there somewhere, and it was between that. I like Big Daddy a lot too. I love Big Daddy. I would say if you have to pick the best Adam Sandler movie, it would probably be Happy Gilmore. But I have some personal favorites too, like Big Daddy's one. I don't Billy know. Waterboy is up there for me. Waterboy is so fucking good, too. You name um, the time, Bobby Boucher Mr. Deeds. Up Mr. Deeds is so good. Adam <laughs> I Sandler. forgot about Mr. Deeds. That was a good one. I just enjoy Adam Sandler movies in general. Even the bad ones are pretty good. My last pick here. This one, I think. Yeah, I'm going to take this one right here. I'm going with Inception. I love me some Leonardo DiCaprio. I think it's just the craziest concept ever. It's just so confusing, so weird to even think about just going into a dream of a dream. It's got an all-star cast. It's a great plot. I think it's just a crazy-ass concept, and I just love watching that movie every time. Leonardo DiCaprio is probably my favorite actor. That was one of those movies that was like the first ones that like really like blew your mind and like yep. that you can still discuss and talk about because it's so up for interpretation. Yeah, I didn't know what the fuck I watched the first time. I walked out like, what happened? But yep. I feel like uh, What's-His-Name just makes those kind of movies because I had to rewatch Tenet about six times before I knew what was going on. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's like Tenet was... I did not like Tenet. Loved Inception. Re- have you watched Tenet twice? No, because I was just like, this no, is try, way too Try much. it again. Yeah, try yeah. It again Tenet's again. a movie you got to watch twice. It's, it's way better the second Nolan. time. And then once you Google a little bit about it and you figure out what's actually going on, that movie's nuts. Yeah, Christopher oh, Nolan God. is one of my favorite directors of all time. And he's got a new movie coming out, Oppenheimer 2, about making the nuclear bomb. I can't wait for it to come out. It's next year at some point. But Tenant's good. Interstellar was another one that I had on there, too. He was also the director of The Dark Knight. I mean, him and Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino... They're all up there for the best directors ever for me. Yeah, but Christopher Nolan's just got kind of a little different. It seems like he's the last like filmmaker, you know, like he's doing it for the 
I don't know if that really explains it, but he's different, and I like what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. I feel and like him you... and Michael Bay are like the last two great filmmakers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah, we got to throw Michael Bay in there. Let's not forget. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna wrap up the draft here. Let's just recap everybody's picks. Me, I had Inception, Shrek, Step Brothers, and The Dark Knight. Strong. Belly had Belly had Terminator Two, Judgment Day, Toy Story, Dumb and Dumber, and Forrest Gump. James, Return of the Jedi, James and the Giant Peach, Airplane and Clue, and Steve, Transformers, The Last Night, Yu-Gi-Oh! The Movie, Happy Gilmore, and John Wick. Steve's <laughs> draft is just Gilmore. so out there. Do we have some honorable mentions in sci-fi? Yeah, I got a couple honorable mentions. I'll just list off all of mine first. Like I said, I had Anchorman, Neck and Neck with Step Brothers. Old School is one of my favorites. Talladega Nights, quotable mm. as fuck. Hangover, Superbad, Wedding Crashers, Pineapple Express, Dumb and Dumber, Happy Gilmore, <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Low Key Gem, 40 Year Old Virgin, Low Key Gem, one of my favorites, Borat, All Jackasses, Role Models. This is the end, Napoleon Dynamite, and Austin Powers. You guys um, got any I missed from comedy? I think I got it pretty well covered, but. Yeah, I, I had Spaceballs on there. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. I had uh, Tommy Boy. And uh, yeah. grandma's and grandma's boy because grandma's oh. boy is like one of my per- personal favorites. I didn't even think about that. That's a good I rewatch one. grandma's boy probably like once every two months, oh, and so every funny. time I it's just that. a delight. Beep boop. <laughs> Where were you? I was putting on my Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's July, it is. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, for drama, I had some, I don't know, some of my favorites like The Departed, Pulp Fiction, Django, Goodfellas. Gladiator. Oh, best Tom Hanks movie, Castaway. Oh, Castaway is pretty good. Castaway is good. Um, yeah, I just had Remember the Titans as an honorable mention for that one. I thought about that too. I have two you guys probably haven't seen. I just rewatch this movie all the time. Howler High Water. Have you seen that one? Yeah. It's like, newer with Jeff Bridges and um, Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but that's a really good movie. And then I just love this one. This is like a personal one. Have you seen The Adjustment Bureau? Yeah, but I haven't seen it in a while. It's Matt Damon, right? Matt Damon and Emily Blunt. It's pretty good. I That one wouldn't have been on anybody's list, but I love that movie. So there's a couple for animated. I was in between. Finding Nemo, Lion King, The Incredibles. King. The low-key one that I really wanted to pick was Osmosis Jones. Oh, what a oh, wow. great movie. Oh, that one brings me back. Didn't even yep. think about that one. No. Yep, that one was fucking awesome. I saw that and I was like, damn, I kind of want to rent this and watch it again. Emperor's New Groove for me. That's a good one, too. Fuck. Yeah. I'm surprised no one said uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That was on there for me. Yeah, uh, yeah but I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking more nostalgia on that one, you know? Sci-fi. I mean, I had Interstellar on there, too. Jurassic Park, Back to the Future. Low-key banger, though. Ready Player One. That one is Ready fucking Player awesome. One's pretty good. Uh, for my sci-fi alternates, I had The Martian. I love rewatching The Martian. And then um, this is this is a household classic. I think we probably watched this in my house once every two weeks or it was just on in the background. But have you ever seen Armageddon? Yeah. With Bruce Willis. Oh, Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck. The movie stacked. You should watch Armageddon. Wait, who directed that movie? I think it was Michael Bay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What do you know? (laughs) Yeah, I have. I I just had a predestination with Ethan Hawke. That's a good one time travel movie if you're into that um and then edge of tomorrow with emily button oh Tom dude Cruise. i That's love edge of one. tomorrow yeah that one's good that's got that that twist that 
you didn't see coming. Love those movies. All right. That's going to do it for the draft this week. Don't forget to vote for us on Instagram. Pick your favorite, whoever tickles your fancy. I know Steve is going to have a real niche audience there, but good luck to you boys. Good job. Let's move on to the bowels of the belly. Let's crawl in and get in those guts. Ben, what do you got for us this week? This one's just kind of short and sweet and pretty funny. But anyway, my weekend was kind of wild. I had uh, a work retirement party Friday and then a friend's Christmas party Friday night. And then Saturday, I had my work Christmas party. Um, and then Sunday, I had the uh, suite for the Titans game. So I was just going and going You're and working going. all weekend. Oh, it, it was exhausting. But anyway, we're going to the suite. Uh, I work for a general contractor. Subcontractors gave us the tickets to come hang out with them in their suite. And I've never met these people before. And I bring my girlfriend. And she uh, <laughs> she was off to the hottest start ever. Um, so they have like the people that I would deal with at work and then like their families. And then there was like some older ladies there. And so I don't, I have, I tailgate in the parking lot. So I, this is a little fuzzy, but at some point the lady looks at Kendall and goes, how old do you think I am? And Kendall goes, I don't know, like 60. She goes, I'm 45. <laughs> oh God. That's a loaded question, but that's still rough. <laughs> you got to go low. Yeah. I don't know. 32. Oh, thank like, you, Kendall, honey. <laughs> you always guess 25, no matter what, because it's either a funny joke and you're not going to offend anybody. But she just drops the <laughs> 60. So what did she say? I, I walked away because I was cracking up. <laughs> Oh, that's even worse, Ben. No, no, but no, I wasn't cracking up. Like I held it, but I like needed to walk away. Like I was like, "Oh, the suite looks good." And I just thought it was so funny. So wait, what? Did, well, what did the lady say to Kendall? She like, said that it was I'm fine. And then she coached her on like how what you're supposed to ask, so that doesn't happen. And she ended up being a good sport about it. But Kendall, Kendall sits down. She's like, "What the fuck did I do? <laughs> Is this bad?" She's probably going to get mad I told that story. I don't think I asked her, but whatever. (laughs) Surprise. All right, Belly, what do you got for me this week? Corbin, how bad do you want it? Would you like to give up the ability to ever be able to witness a Lions game again, TV, in person, wherever? You're not allowed to watch a replay. You can't watch. It burns your eyes out if you watch it for the rest of your life. Do I get to watch the Lions win the Super Bowl at least? No, you're done. You have to give up the Lions watching them. You can listen to them, I guess. But you can't outwatch a single play. That's a bullshit question, dude. What? You don't get to see them win. No. But they win. Are you willing willing to sacrifice that for a Lions Super Bowl? No, because the biggest part of me wanting them to win is being able to witness it myself. And just to hear everybody else say winning. So... You remember like when we played Michigan in Ann Arbor with the trouble with a snap, I thought we lost that game and we were walking to our car and then everybody just came running out and they're like, Oh my God, Michigan State just won freaking the fuck out. And I was so pissed that I missed it. It just like, it wasn't even like the same, you know, obviously I'm happy that we won, but I'm just still so pissed that I actually missed the moment actually witnessing it in real time. So, no, I don't think I would do that one. I mean, I want to at least be able to witness it. And every Sunday, that's all I have to look forward to, win or lose. (laughs) Lions Sundays. I would hope hope you got some more. There's not much, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll go seven and eight, I guess. I mean, that was a bullshit question. You got to well, put some more thought into it because if you eliminate me just watching the Lions, I'm not even going to have any fun with it. You sound a little rattled, bud. <laughs> yeah. Sounds well, like a guy who just took an owl. I had um, a nice clean 50-50 record, and now it's there, gone. There is no way you would even be alive to see a Super Bowl if you lived in the land of pet peeves. So you would have killed yourself by now. So I think you were a liar last week, so I took the win this week. Chew on it. That's going to do it this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already, please follow, subscribe, like, and download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other platform you might listen to us on. Don't forget to leave us a review and give five stars. And please follow us on Twitter. I'm like Corbyashi. We got the belly and the fish Instagram and Twitter accounts going. Feel free to text me or DM me any ideas for segments that you might want to hear. And continue to spread the good word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and anyone and everyone you can think about. We appreciate the love and support, guys. Yeah, thanks for tuning in for another good episode. And I want to say a big thank you to Steve and James for coming in. Appreciate having you guys. It was awesome. Happy to be on. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us on, guys. It was super fun. And I just want to say I pray to God we do not play the Lions in the playoffs. And with that said... (laughs) 